Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Academic Life, a podcast series here on New Books Network. I'm Dr. Christina Gessler, the host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking to three guests about their pandemic perspective as students in a small town in Oregon. Our first guest is Will Summerfield, a junior studying cognitive science at UCSD. Our next guest is Bronislav Petrovic, an exchange student from Serbia. And our final guest you'll hear from today is Olivia Summerfield, a senior in high school, trying to make her college plans. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to the show, Will. Uh, hi, Christina. It's, uh, it's nice to be on the show. I'm really glad you're here and that you're going to give us this important student perspective today. To start us off, I wonder if you would tell us about yourself. Well, there's a lot to tell. I am a cognitive science student at UCSD, and um, I'm doing a lot of learning about uh, cognitive science, particularly AI is my eventual goal, which I'm super passionate about. Um, computer science as well as plan to be my minor currently, um, because I believe that I should have a really strong foundational understanding of how computers work and programming in order to really thrive in the field of AI, which I love so much. Other than that, um, gosh, I love of games of any kind. I play a lot of video games in my free time. Uh, I love to hang out with my friends that way. I love playing D&D. I love fantasy worlds. I love writing. Um, right now I have a D&D uh, game that's going on that I love so much that I've, I've written entirely myself, which uh, if you've ever tried anything like that before, you'll know is so much work, but it's really been a blast. Other than that, um, I spend a lot of time pursuing hobbies, like um, right now I'm trying to program an Arduino. I'm also working on an economics video game that I'm programming. Uh, I kind of just immerse myself in a lot of hobbies and I end up spending loads of time on a bunch of things. Um, and obviously my studies are the most prominent part of my life right now. Um, that's about it, I think. And you're a student in San Diego, but where are you located right now? Right now, I am living at home with my parents, uh, which I kind of enjoy, but obviously I miss the school and the resources it provides. And home is even in a different state than your campus. That's right, yes. I live in Oregon all the way up from Southern California, where uh, where San Diego is, yeah. So a year ago, this time, where were you? Oh gosh, a year ago, it must have been about when everyone was starting to get scared about the pandemic. A year ago, I was in my dorm. Um, I was fortunate enough to have my own room, but it was kind of like a ghost town because you didn't really see many people outside, partly because it was hell week. There were, you know, 
finals going on, people were preparing and stuff like that. It was hectic. Everyone was talking about, um, everyone was concerned about the virus. I had a professor who was canceling his class because he had health risks, even though there hadn't been a single case in the U.S. or something, or, or maybe if there were, there were very few and certainly none at the school. Um, it was so bizarre, but I was having to pack up. I was having to scramble and ask my mom for help in finding a place to store all my stuff that I had down there. Um, it was it was wild. It was a very... It was, it was perhaps the most unique part of the whole pandemic was the beginning, the uncertainty, the, the whole novelness of the situation. So you've been home in Hood River now for about a year? That's right, yes. When you came home, when you packed up and you put your stuff in storage, did you imagine it, it would be this long? Um, that's kind of an interesting question. I didn't really think about it that much. When people asked me, what do you think is going to happen to the pandemic? Most of the time, I would say I have no idea. I mean, this is, this is so new. But since I'm in science, um, a lot of people ask me, and just because it was a hot conversation topic. Um, but mostly what I would say to those people is, I have no idea how long this is going to last. But I wasn't quite afraid of going home either, so I didn't have a huge incentive to, to fret about it. I would just, you know, I was looking forward to going home and seeing my parents and my sister after all that time away. And I would tell those people, you know, just wear a face mask, do do what medical professionals tell you. There is so much better to err on the side of caution than to, to risk anything. So you were, it sounds like you were pretty comfortable with what your option was, particularly given all the unknowns. What was sophomore year like before this great change came about? What what would a normal day be like as far as going to labs or hanging out with your friends or life on campus? What was your sort of expectation of what a day should be like for you? A day for me is at campus is waking up, uh, making myself some breakfast, um, obviously going to classes on a school day. Um, sometimes I'd spend some time in the computer lab programming. Um, it was a massive campus, so I would really enjoy spending all the time walking to and from. It's quite gorgeous if you've ever been. They've got some amazing architecture. There's a library dedicated to Dr. Seuss, Theodore Geisel, which is what the library is named after. And you can really see it in the, in the trees and things where he gets his ideas for his books. It's a fantastic little campus, or, or big campus, rather. Uh, I would enjoy walking to my classes a lot. It's always so sunny down there. Um, I would hang out with my friends sometimes, although I'm, I'm relatively introverted. So that side of the pandemic has affected me least of all out of almost anybody I know. Uh, but I, that doesn't mean I didn't lose anything. There were times where I would go with my friends to a, a hot tub that's relatively near where I live. That was really nice. Just walking out and about with them, going into the ice cream or the frozen yogurt shop, checking out the, there's like a sort of plaza area in the center of campus that I would go to, to 
you know, hang out with people or, or get food. And, you know, once the pandemic started, all that is, is right out. <laughs> everyone was, the school was telling everyone, stay inside, you know, stay safe. We don't, we don't know much about this, but it's highly infectious. So we do not want it spreading around our school, especially before everyone goes home. Uh, I mean, obviously that could be a huge, I think nucleation site is the correct phrase where the, once the pandemic spreads around the school, if everyone back, went back home, then that would just be a huge spreading factor. So they were really trying to avoid that. How much of your daily routine were you able to recreate when you got home or did you? Um, a lot of it stayed the same. In fact, one of the things that I am, am most grateful for that stayed the same was my classes. I think UCSD on the all has done a fantastic job of maintaining the quality of, of lecture that is given. You still have more opportunities than ever to talk to your professors, to talk to TAs. The lectures remain um, consistent that I haven't had any issues with, with anything related to the lectures. In fact, if anything, they've become better because a lot of them um, have become offline where they have pre-recorded sessions and that opens up more time for you to to re-review, re-watch the lectures at your own pace, and then later go to more sessions that the teachers are available to offer to give direct help. So I've, as far as that goes, it's remained the same or perhaps even better than it was before. Other than that, though, um, obviously not hanging out with my friends was a big blow. When I first got back, there was kind of a relapse in terms of, of safety about the virus where people sort of said, okay, it's not here yet. Everyone's safe and you can hang out in moderation. I was one of those people who, who erred on the side of caution rather than on the side of, um, I don't know, throwing, throwing it to the wind and just doing what you want to do. And it turned out that that wasn't quite necessary, but I'm still glad that I did it. For the first month or two or so, maybe a bit less, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to remember now. Um, but in terms of hanging out with people, there was, there was more or less nothing. How did you fill in those gaps so that you didn't feel isolated and cut off from your friends? Well, that is, is kind of a running joke with me. Whenever my sister, who's much more extroverted than I am, will, you know, uh, complain about not being able to go outside, I'll, I'll joke with her saying, gosh, why don't you just play video games and hang out with your friends virtually, to which she'll snarl at me or whatever, because that's not her thing. But I'm, I'm quite fortunate to have ways to enjoy hanging out with friends safely online. Um, which not everyone is fortunate enough to um, enjoy or, or have done before. So in terms of hanging out with people, no, I can't get together and sit around a fire and roast marshmallows or 
I, I've decided not even to go on hikes with my friends just because, you know, I can do that by myself. Why risk it? But I still have many ways to keep in contact and, and stay uh, very close to them and not feel isolated. Although, the one thing I would append is that at UCSD, there were chances to meet people just by sitting next to them in class, just by um, doing in-person study groups that are not happening during the pandemic. And that is what I might miss most, along with the opportunities to use the facilities on campus. So it sounds like friendship groups have become a bit of a closed loop just by the lack of opportunity to include new people, the sort of happenstance way that you make a new friend on campus or you find someone with a similar interest. Those sort of natural ways of making connections, those have disappeared. That is correct, yeah. Um, there's, there's really no way to, to meet anyone new, although I'm speaking from a very introverted perspective. I'm sure the extroverted people are forcing it in whatever ways they can to meet new people and whatever. I'm sure that this is hardest for them more than anyone else. Um, but as for me, yeah, it's a closed loop. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a couple of really great online friends, not purely online friends, but friends who I do hang out with online and a few only online friends who I know very well, I'm very close with, and that I can get my social um, wants from. And you also live in a fairly full household. You can walk out your bedroom door and <laughs> find some other people. Do you want to tell us a bit about what your living environment is like? Absolutely. Um, uh, I'm sure that Olivia, my sister, will want to comment on this more. But we have... A, a relatively full household. I mean, I see my, my parents every day, of course. Um, but the most interesting thing about living at home right now is that we have a foreign exchange student. Now, before our foreign exchange student came over, when the pandemic was, was announced and, and everything, I was profoundly against him coming. I was like, you guys, I get I get that it's not cool to back out of a foreign exchange program before someone's come over and, and all that. But there, there's a, I told my parents, there's a few things that's going to happen. A, he's going to come here for America and, and want to experience it. And he could potentially not place the proper care towards being safe, like he should be, and put us all at risk and that's no good for anyone or he can be very respectful and polite and and stay isolated and be bored out of his mind and we were very lucky to have option two um but <laughs> unfortunately our we have a our foreign exchange student's name is bonnie and or branislav and he is um Right now, he's living in the room next to me, and he has been absolutely wonderful. I, I can't express how fortunate we were to, to get someone 
like him. But it it is quite sad to see someone in his position who, when they first signed up for this program, had no idea about the implications. And I mean, he can't he can't drive on his own, so he can't even go on a hike every time he wants to or something like that. He just has to purely rely on us, which is awkward for him, I'm sure. And he can really only talk to people online because where is he going to meet people? So that is, that's pretty, pretty unfortunate for him. And that's definitely the most novel part of living at home. Has he shared it all with you? about what it's like for him to be so far from his family during a pandemic. You have the sort of comfort of knowing your parents are there. So if anything happened to them, you'd feel like you could spring right into action. There must be a sense of helplessness to be so far away from loved ones during a pandemic. Definitely. So so his parents did actually contract the coronavirus. And there was a period of time where he was pretty concerned about his dad um, because his father he seemed to have a hard time kicking the coronavirus. And um, that was, uh, he didn't, he didn't end up sharing about it that much with me, but I could kind of tell and, and it'd be hard not to in his situation, be a little stress about the whole thing. Uh, I, I would definitely think that he felt pretty helpless during that situation. Although now that they've had it and it's passed, I'm sure that that's a big relief. Um, but his country was hit pretty hard. And he came over uh, to do a year of high school? That's right, yeah. And to what grade level is he? He's a senior right now. This is his senior year? That's right, yeah. To the layers of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the way to describe it. I mean, he, he wanted the American experience. He wanted to come over here and, and see our culture and experience the, the graduation, the, oh gosh, everything that comes with the high school. He's talked to me about that several times and his inability to, to do that has been pretty disheartening for him. In fact, uh, there have been several occasions where he's expressed his biggest disappointment is just not being able to play water polo. He was really passionate about it, or he still is, as a matter of fact. And the fact that he isn't able to do it now has just been heart-wrenching for him. And so he and your sister are both looking towards college, I would imagine. Are you able to provide any mentorship or advice for them? Because they're trying to go through this in a very different world than you were when you were in their shoes. Well, my sister is just on wheels. She does not stop. She works so, so, so hard. And I'm so proud of her for that. And in contrast to me, who's who's quite disorganized, um, she does a fantastic job of of getting it all done and I've, I've definitely offered my advice but she doesn't need it she's just going she's been accepted to several colleges already um and there's a few more decisions that are still yet to be concluded 
she's done a fantastic job. And as for Bane, he has applied, or maybe not applied, he's looked into several colleges on the grounds of going there as an athlete for water polo. And I think the last time he mentioned it, he said that he was meeting some success, but I'm not entirely sure what that's looking like for him. Got three such different experiences for students going on in in one house. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Are you expecting to go back to campus next fall or have you tried to create any expectations? It's definitely a hot topic for discussion. So I have a friend named Levi who is currently attending Cal Poly and he just went back for this quarter on the grounds that um, he wanted to be on campus and um, basically that California right now is more or less as bad as the town we're in right now, at least where he is, which is relatively out of the city. Um, And... um, uh, as for myself, um, I am not sure. Southern California right now, from everything I'm hearing, is pretty bad. So I'm definitely not planning on going next quarter unless something changes. I'm certainly open to the idea, and I'd be very excited to get back there, but... I have no intention of walking into a cesspool of (laughs) infection. Uh, However, you know, the vaccine is is being distributed now. It's uh, the world is is adapting finally. And I have no information on on a time reference, a time frame for, for when that will hit schools. Or, or specifically my college. If it does, if it if it does look like it's safe, and, and UCSD has already done a lot of efforts to to test. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I'm aware, it was one of the first schools to really get on top of testing. Uh, they had they had little stations. Maybe I'll talk about this a bit more later. But they set up like test swab stations where you could get tested whenever you wanted by walking into like these little clinic things they had set up all over campus and you could just swab yourself and get the results like a day or an hour or something later. It was insane. And that was, that was months after the virus began. I'm, I was super proud of UCSD for being so on top of it, especially in light of students who couldn't leave, uh, such as their out of country students. So a lot of, a lot of Chinese students go to UCSD and a lot of them were uncomfortable going back home. And I was, I was pretty amazed by UCSD's response to, to just getting testing set up so fast since they're a, they're a prominent research school and they really showed it. So your understanding is that there are still students on campus and that they've put up all these safety protocols, but those students still take their classes remotely. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, but it's not 
it's not as it's not quite the same as it was before. That was that was a response that was mostly taken, to my understanding, to the beginning of the virus. I think most people are are off campus now, but a few people are there for economic reasons or research reasons. But they do offline school, excepting. I'm not sure if it's happening this quarter, but I know last quarter there were a few typically upper grad and small classes that still happened in person where they used large lecture halls and distant social distancing. But I didn't attend any of those, so I, I couldn't comment further on those. So next year is your senior year. Is there any part of your work that would need to be done on campus for some reason? Well, that's the fantastic thing about being a computer science student. Um, not really is the easy answer to that. A lot of my courses, although I'm doing cognitive science as well, are done on the computer. Uh, a lot of programming assignments, um, even research is, is done, or, or not research, but um, a lot of my work in the sciences right now is about reading scientific papers, um, about psychology or neuroscience, stuff like that. And all of that can be done online. I have yet to encounter something that needs to be done in person. I don't know what classes I'm going to be taking taking next year off the top of my head, but as far as I know, there are no limitations that will force me to be in person, thankfully. So it's possible that you'll finish your senior year at home? If the virus is not distributed quickly enough. And if Southern California remains to be uh, as bad as it is right now, then yep, that's a distinct possibility. And how does this affect your timeline after college? Had you expected to apply to grad schools or to go straight into the workforce? Did you have an idea in mind? And if so, is that idea still moving forward or has it had to pivot? Um, in terms of graduate school, I definitely would love to continue my education. Uh, my, my personal education plan is to be some sort of expert in a field. I, I just love the idea of having a relative mastery of a topic and I, I love education. I love school. So I hope to continue it. But if the coronavirus continues, then I will probably reconsider. Um, but I'll have to do my research about that. But I can, I can see a very probable timeline where I have to put off graduate school and do some sort of uh, work before then. Yeah. The pandemic has really laid bare a lot of uh, systemic inequalities, and you're very fortunate to have a safe home and Wi-Fi and really the ability to continue on with life. It sounds like much the same. The geography is different, but a lot of the core parts of what you need to keep doing what you're doing are in place. 
how does that affect you when you know that you have what other students probably from your same school are struggling to put into place for themselves? That has been at the back of my mind for a time now. Um, I, I definitely feel for people who who don't have good Wi-Fi, who are, you know, struggling to make ends meet and, and now have to work from home and deal with the added stress of all of everything put together. I hope I, I hope that the the fact that they don't have to pay for on campus housing is at least some sort of boon for the people who um, struggle with with economics, but I, I doubt it is as big of a dent as I would hope it would be. Um, there are, the one thing that I've seen everywhere has been compassion from the teachers and the TAs towards the virus. I can't count the number of times that my teachers have, have emphasized the importance of mental health, provided resources, um, told people that they understand if they're stressed, if anything happens, just to email them, let them know, and that they will try their very best to, to bend the course or, or their grade or whatever it needs to be to help them succeed and reduce their stress. And I, I, I hope that's enough. And I think that has made a big difference. But there's definitely no doubt that some people like like me are more fortunate than others in this situation. What do you hope this conversation sparks for listeners? Um, it's a good question. I hope that people, if I could get a message out there, I hope that people remain safe. I hope that they remember what people like Dr. Fauci and other medical professionals have told us about the concept of circles. I hope that they see the statistical models for, for the spreading of the virus and understand that this whole thing really comes down to a contrast of balancing your mental health and and your safety against each other. I, I find that's really what it comes down to. And it's not an easy thing to balance. And it's mental health is one of the hardest things to proportionalize, to quantify. And as a result, it oftentimes gets thrown to the wayside because you can't say, I mean, with money, you can say, I need $10. But with mental health, you can't say, I need to feel this happy tomorrow or whatever, or I'm going to throw my cat out the window or something. <laughs> um, it's it's quite hard to do. And I hope that people stay safe and, and remember the consequences of their actions, but at the same time, don't neglect your mental health and... If you're doing online learning, if you're doing online school, talk to your teachers, 
talk to other students. There are resources available for you. As as old and ragged as that phrase has become, there are resources available for you. And you almost every teacher that I've ever seen will be compassionate to you. Um, so do your best to, to balance those things and don't underestimate the importance of socialization and keeping yourself sane. Thank you for sharing your perspective. Well, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Welcome to the show, Bonnet. Welcome. Uh, hi, hi, everyone. Um, I hope you're doing nice during pandemic. Thank you for being here. I wonder if to start off, you would tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm um, 18 year old senior in uh, Hood River Valley High School. I, I was born in Belgrade. That's the capital of Serbia. Um, well, Serbia's country in um, East, South, South, Southern Europe. Uh, and uh, I'm also a water polo player. I'm a huge fan of water polo and sports at all. Um, I'm, I'm trying to uh, practice water polo in America here also. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of introduction. So what brought you to America to do your senior year in Hood River at the high school there? Oh, yeah. I had one friend in that's he's a few years older than me, and he was in an exchange program a few years ago uh, on the same exchange program I'm right now. And he told me that that was the best year of his life. Like, he had so much fun and made a lot of new friendships. So I was thinking about it, and then I talked to my parents, and we made a decision that we should try. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> this year was not really good for exchange programs since there is a uh, COVID pandemic, and it's a huge struggle being here during COVID because I'm doing school online, and it's not really what I expected to be. But also my friends here and my hosts are trying to make this as best as they can. And I'm, I appreciate that so much. So you've been here about five months. So yeah. the pandemic had already started before you got on the plane to come here. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Was it difficult to decide to go ahead and get on the plane knowing the pandemic had already started? Or did you feel like it was a the best thing to just go ahead and, and come to Cahood River as you had already planned to do? Um, oh, yeah, of course, it was a big decision. But uh, in Belgrade, about August and um, beginning of the September, when I came here, it was about five to 10 uh, cases a day. So it was literally nothing. And we almost had no more cases. So I thought that it's gonna be down also in America and other huge countries in the world. And 
I just had that prediction. If I knew it was going to look like that, I don't think I'll come. I think I'll stay there. But I'm thinking about it right now that this is nice uh, experience. And I got the opportunity to tell you his not. Yeah. If you had stayed home, do you know how seniors in high school are managing school right now? Do you know, would it be somewhat similar to what you're doing in Oregon where you have to work online and stay in the house? Uh, in my uh, hometown, uh, there is um, a little bit different school system. So also schooling during COVID is different. We have online school partly. If you want, if you want to be online, you can. Schools will accept that, and you will be uh, permanently online. But there is also options that you go like one week in school, one week online, or kind of like that. It depends on schools and parts of the Serbia. So yeah. And what is it like uh, there in Oregon? Are the schools completely closed? Can you go at least to do sports or work on your water polo, or is that all shut down too? Um, water polo is right now shut down. It was not at the start of my program here, about September, October, and I think, yeah, whole November and half of December. It was water polo. There is some kind of practices. It's like three times a week, not that much, but enough to, um, and I enough to practice as much as we can. But right now there is nothing. Uh, school fields are uh, open though, and we can do some sports. Uh, I used to play um, spike ball or soccer or I don't know basketball with my friends, but it's not the same since we need to think about uh, six feet distance or wearing masks in a like bigger uh, circle of uh, friends. So. It's not the same. Had you expected when you came in August that you would get to do some traveling around and, and see quite a bit of the States? Well, no, because that doesn't depend on me. It's thing about my hosts, if they can, if they want to go with me. But I was happy to be here with them. I, I was thinking like, it would be nice being here just to meet some international uh, people to make uh, new friends, new friendships and meet differences. That's why I'm here. I want to meet a cultural difference. And that's what my program is about. And do you feel that that's working out? Oh, yeah, for sure it works out. Um, I'm saying again, not as much as I was expecting, but I'm 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 proud enough about it. Oh, that's wonderful! I'm glad to hear that you're you're not going to regret that you came and spent this time doing this program. Oh, of course. Was there anything though about America you were hoping to get to go see that you know you're not going to? Oh. um... I don't think I already saw. Well, I never wanted to see like places or something like that. I wanted to see um, how Americans live, how 
Well, what the uh, lifestyle looks like. Uh, I mean, that's America is the biggest international intercultural cultural uh, country in the world. So um, that's what I wanted to see: how different people live together, and that's beautiful for me. I mean. Can you share some of the insights of what you've learned about how Americans live? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I am uh, pretty much sports guy and I like water polo. Uh, I also like soccer and basketball and sports like that. So when I came here, I heard that in Hood River, there is a lot of sports people and I was happy about it. But then I realized that sports they're doing they're doing it all and me they're not pretty the same and for example my host sister she's huge sports girl and she's not doing the same stuff uh, that i would do if like i have um i don't know car to go everywhere she's going running every day hiking or mountain biking and they never did that i mean i tried with her but <laughs> that's just really hard and not something I'm finding myself inside. So that that's kind of different than I expected to be. What kinds of things are you doing? What is a day like for you? Um, well, I have about noon, I have my online school and it took about a few hours. Uh, before that, I'm usually just hanging on internet, social medias, I don't know, taking breakfast and drinking coffee after that, uh, after school, I mean, um, I'm or hanging with my family, uh, with my host family, or play some video games. If there is some chance to go outside, I go, of course, but that's pretty often. Uh, and yeah. How do you keep in touch with your family back home? You must miss them. Oh yeah, I miss them a lot. And, but we are talking on FaceTime. Um, I'm also talking with my friends and my sisters. I miss them all so much, but it's all right. I hear from them from time to time and it's enough. It sounds like um, internet access and social media are playing an important part in helping you stay connected with other people. Yeah, they play a huge part. I mean, without internet and access to internet, I, <laughs> I think I'll go crazy here. I mean, sitting in my room for like half of the day, it's not that easy. But, and it's not how I lived before I came here. I was usually outside. So what would a day have been like for you a year ago before the pandemic changed how we all were living? What was a year ago like for you? Yeah, um, well, in Serbia, um, as I already said, schooling system, school system is pretty much different. And we're doing like um, shifts in school. One week we are going in the morning, starts at 8 a.m., and ends about, I don't know, let's say 2 p.m. 
and the second shift starts about 2 p.m. and ends about 7 p.m. So one week I'm in the morning, one week I'm in the evening. And um, if I'm in the morning, I usually wake up for school, go to school, and after that I will go home, make homework or do whatever I need to do. After that, I'll hang out uh, with my friends, go somewhere outside. Uh, after that, I will take practice in the evening. And after that, I'll go home. If I'm second shift, then I will go. I will try to do as much as I can in the morning. For, the, for that day, uh, I, uh, I'm at. And... Uh, I'll go to school after that, do practice. If I have time after practice, I'll hang again and go home. So, yeah, it was usually really busy days. I had not much time to do nothing. Senior year is usually a time when students are thinking about what they're going to do after high school is done. Um, what were your college plans that you thought you might have and how does that look the same or different now? Yeah, um, I was um, I was thinking about trying to apply for colleges here, but um, when COVID started spreading again uh, and my dad got COVID, uh, he is all right now, but a few months ago he was not. I was thinking about it and I'd rather go back to Serbia, maybe take a year break and next year try to apply again. Uh, or I will just apply for some Serbian colleges um, on Belgrade University and I'll, I'll, I'll do as everyone in Serbia did. What would you like to study when you do go to college? Well, um, I'm mostly in thinking about uh, architecture or um, something like that. Uh, maybe, I don't know, traffic engineering. But I, I like uh, architecture so much, so probably I will try to apply to colleges that have that major or something like that at least. Are you able to stay in touch with your friends from back home? It sounds like the school schedule there keeps everybody's day so busy. Yeah, they are busy, but since nine hours gap between here and back home, we have time because when I wake up, for example, uh, if I wake up at 10 a.m., uh, they will, uh, that time in Serbia is 7 p.m., so they are usually home. Um, and I can hear with them maybe a few hours later, and that's how I talk to them. Will you be staying here for the whole school year? Yeah, I will try. So when you think about what, what day or month you go back home, when are you thinking that is? Well... Uh, I have a flight ticket already purchased for uh, 25th of, uh, no, for 15th of uh, June. So that's some time that um, 
ICES, that's organization that sent me here, um, that cultural exchange uh, system organization uh, told me that I need to be home about, I don't know, mid-June. So I have no much to choose. What's been the biggest challenge of doing high school during the pandemic? Uh, well, in the start, understanding my teachers, talking in English, um, online, sometimes with connection issues. And that's really, really hard. That was really hard in start. But after a month, let's say, it starts being normal. So I'm understanding everything pretty well right now, and I have no much uh, problems about it. So what is the biggest challenge right now, now that that challenge has gotten better? What are the challenges that you're yeah. facing right now? Um, well, probably that I am pretty boring, uh, pretty bored on online classes. And I think that if we start going in person, it will be pretty nice. And that one experience that I would like to um, take here and that's actually why I'm here to go to school to meet new people at school so that that's part I'm missing that sounds like a big part that you're missing yeah absolutely so it sounds like whatever your college path is you will not be one of the students who pursues online learning you will yeah. definitely yeah. look for a school where you can really interact with people and hopefully you can do water polo. Hopefully. What do you wish people knew about what it's like to be a student during a pandemic? Well, I want people to know it's really hard, even though everybody thinks who's not a student, everybody thinks it's like they're sitting at home do you like uh, i don't know muted and play games or scrolling on phone i mean that's just hard to be at the same spot for a few hours in school yeah we are sitting maybe even longer but it's not the same interaction with people and connection with other human beings is really important for us and this how we are doing right now is not something ever any uh, something that anyone would like it sounds like it takes a big emotional toll yeah do you feel also that it takes an educational toll that you're just not learning as much content as you would have if you were there in class well yeah of course i mean uh when we have some um test exam or never mind um usually we have um opportunity we have we can use uh like book or some internet resources to do that test and we are not learning that much before test we are just looking forward to um let's say cheat on that test so nobody is trying to learn anymore and that's kind of reason why we are not learning as much as before, as a year ago. And do you think that's contributing to the boredom? 
Of course. Your mind just doesn't have enough interesting things to do? Well, our mind, I mean, as I said, sitting in the same room for like, for right now for five months, we are already doing this five months, this school year, plus last year a little bit. It was, it is hard and our minds are like driving crazy during class. Sounds like the monotony is really wearing on you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as I said, it's really boring. So what gives you hope? Well, my hope is that we are going to start in-person schooling as soon as possible. But I expect that to be about, let's say, March, end of the March, maybe South April. And I would like to go at least for of my schooling here in person. I'd be happy with that. I'd be really happy. And I'm excited about going in person. I cannot stop thinking about it. And what gives you hope uh, for your future? Well, I hope that I will stay in touch with friendships, with friends I made here. I hope that I made friends for life here that I can call, chat or I don't know, FaceTime with them every time um, that they like me and that we'll meet again in the future even if I go back to Serbia. Do you hope that someday they would come to Serbia and you could show them around? Absolutely. I would like to to bring some friends to Serbia. What would be the things that you'd be most excited to share with them about Serbia? Oh, for sure. Serbia night, nightlife. I mean, um, Serbia, Serbia's hanging out places, uh, parties and stuff like that. I think that's something Americans are missing and they should need that. Sometimes when people miss home, they, they miss something really specific. They miss a a favorite food or they miss a, a favorite place to hang out what what do you miss when you think of home what's that feeling of home for you that you're yeah I'm that missing, you want to go to yeah i i'm missing serbian food for sure i'm also missing uh, places i was hanging out but i i think that i'm missing the most for sure my friends and family i mean Thinking about it, the time waking up in someone else's house, um, and that my parents and my two sisters are not there, that's kind of pain. But as I told you, I, I'm talking to them from time to time. And it's all right. It's not like I, I will die right now if I don't see them. And it's not permanent. You know that you've got of your course. plane ticket. I will and, be back and yeah. I'll see them again. And you'll have that happy reunion with them. Exactly. Is there anything else you wish that we knew about what it was like for you? Well, I think I said everything you should know. And I hope that anyone here 
may someday hear about Serbia and yeah, it's pretty small country, but it is here. And what would you say to high schoolers who are thinking about taking a year abroad to go do their senior year of high school? What would be your advice for them? Oh, I, uh, for next exchange students, I would say just, just, I mean, do it. It's worth It's, I think that I took the worst year for exchange program in the last few decades, but it's worth, it's, it's worth going somewhere. And there is, I already met five exchange students over here and they are all really happy about this. Nobody's saying I want to go home. Nobody's saying I cannot survive this. It's hard, but it's not, it's not, it's not wrong. It's just different. And that's point. Thank you so much for being here today, Bonnet, and telling us about your experience as an international student during the pandemic. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Thank you. To start, I wonder if you would tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so my name, like you said, is Olivia Summerfield. I live in a really small town in Oregon. Um, I am the senior class president of my high school, um, and I really like to play water polo. I would say those are probably the most important things about me. <laughs> those sound like important things about you. So I wonder if you could tell us what life was like a year ago. You would have been a junior and your school still would have been face-to-face. What was a year ago like? Oh, um, I would say that my life was hectic in one word. It was, I had water polo practices five days a week in Portland from 7.15 to 9.15 p.m. I'd wait, I would start the day, I'd wake up, at 6 30 I'd go to the gym then I would rush to school go to my six seven hours of school and then I would after school go home get my swim stuff go to the pool swim for two hours get out of swim team drive to Portland play water polo for two hours get home at 10 11 and then just do homework if I could stay awake but most of the time I would just do homework at school at lunch in my class periods and just try to get it done it was hectic but I mean I I like being busy so I thought it was really fun (laughs) and in contrast what is a day like today a year later you're a senior and there's a pandemic and your school is not meeting face to face um I wake up around 8.45 usually, um, 8.30, and I usually um, go for a run with my friend or my friend's dad up in our, like, local running trails, um, which I used to never do. I hated running, but the pools are closed, so that piece of me is something that I can't really tap into anymore, so I usually go for a run, and then I get home and I do some homework, and then I go to school from 11.30 to 3.10 online. I have four classes that are each 45 minutes online with five-minute gaps in between, and then 
it's 310. It's going to get dark in two hours. I usually have a ridiculous amount of homework and I just study, apply to college, apply to scholarships, and then eat dinner, go to bed, maybe watch a movie with my mom. You said a ridiculous amount of homework. Is that because you're a senior or is that because of the way online learning is going? For me, I would say it's because of online learning. It's Our classes are 45 minutes. And for me, in my case, the classes I'm taking, I would like to say, are the type of classes where it's not it's just, it's not possible to cover the amount of material we need to cover in 45 minutes. There's no way to fully get a grasp on it. So what most of my teachers do is we spend those 45 minutes doing practice problems where it seems like the teacher is going to be the most helpful and outside of classes where we're required to learn the material. And seven out of like seven out of my eight like core classes are um, like AP or whatever. And so they have all these videos that the AP College Board put out that go over each unit. So my teachers just have us watch those. And that's, that's how we learn our entire subject. And then we just come back the next day and you should do practice problems. So outside of class, where we're expected to watch videos, do practice problems, and then bring our questions into the class the next day. Did you ever think you would miss being in a classroom this much? <laughs> um, probably not. I remember being pretty stressed out junior year and frustrated and that my class is just like, I actually remember telling my friend because we would go home at lunch. We're not allowed to go home at lunch, but I don't know how we did it. We just, my house is really close to the high school. So my friend and I would just go home and we were just annoyed. The people at our school, just not always our, our favorite. It was sometimes just hard to be around that many people that you don't necessarily agree with or who think things are funny that aren't and just sort of frustrating. And so I think that, yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have ever thought that I could miss like seeing all those people that definitely used to not be my favorite sites to see. How do you keep in touch with the people that matter to you? It sounds like you're not seeking out the people with the bad jokes, but how about the friends that you, you really did seek out every day at, at campus? How do you keep doing that when the school's not open? Um, my closest friends I have about six really really tight friends and all of us are friends and us six we 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 made this thing that we like to call the bubble and it's where us six we don't see anybody else we like I haven't seen anybody outside of those six people since I was at work and we I hardly ever even go in each other's houses at this point, but we we play this game called spike ball. I'm sure you've heard of it, but we like to just meet outside a lot and with masks on and play spike ball or just go on a walk or talk. But yeah, it's not a lot of indoor stuff, but 
those are the people I've kept in touch with. And my other friend, the one who I went home with a lot last year, um, she uh, definitely isn't taking COVID as seriously as um, I'd say like my family needs or my friend's families need. And so we've definitely like, I haven't seen her since the summer, but um, we like text each other, FaceTime each other all the time, you know, ways that offer no risk. (laughs) So to stay in touch with people right now, it really depends on your, your agreed on safety practices. Right. Yeah. And if someone doesn't follow the same protocol as you, you have to make this rough decision that you'll see them online, but you won't even meet with them outside. Yeah, I'd say so. Does that put stress on the relationship? Um, I, I don't think it actually does put too much stress. Like the friend that I just meet online with, she, um, I don't know. I think that we're the type of friends that it's like, that's fine. Like we aren't the super, like we do everything together, you know, like we're the absolute best friends ever, but she is like the friend that I'm going to walk at graduation with, you know, like that's not necessarily our type of friendship where we were always having sleepovers all the time. Like we definitely liked our own space and everything anyways. So it wasn't, it hasn't really been that, that hard for either of us. I think like, it's like, oh man, like I do wish we could, you know, hang out and eat lunch together, but it's not like she was my like sleepover friend and like that, like that type of thing. Are you expecting school to reopen before graduation? Ooh, um, I don't think so. I think that the metrics for my high school could allow it by our last quarter, but I don't think that our teachers, I don't think we'll have enough teachers that are willing to go back. Because I was talking to my physics teacher the other day, and he was like, there are so many teachers at this school who are not willing to come back. And even if there was vaccines and stuff that many of the teachers either have like pre-existing health conditions or just don't feel safe, which I mean, obviously that's fine. Like everyone has their own right. And I wouldn't want anyone to feel safe because of like my presence at school. But I think that, but I think that by the end of the, the school year, it could, it could be possible, but I don't know if um, our teachers are going to feel safe enough coming back. So what do you imagine graduation will be, have to be because of COVID? And a year ago, what did you expect the graduation ceremony would have been? Um, the graduation ceremony last year was like a drive-by. And one by one, students went up on the stage after they'd drive in their car and they'd get a picture, shake hands with the principal, and then get back, like get handed their diploma and then get back in their car and like drive out. And it was just like a big line of cars. Um, I assume it would be something like that. But um, student government is in charge of that. And me and the other senior class uh, elected officials are actually in charge of that, um, in charge of graduation. So, um, yeah, we were hoping to maybe 
it it might be safe enough to do something other than that and get to see half of our class, maybe even. You've had about a year to kind of digest that senior year would not be at all as you expected. Um, Last year, prom got canceled. And as you said, graduation turned in this sort of drive-in, drive-through type experience, which was not what your older brother experienced at all. Mm -hmm. Probably not what you were expecting when you started your high school adventure. Um, Even though you've had time to sort of accept in a way that this is how it's going, is it, does it still feel like a lot of losses? Um, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not in college. Like, uh, I was talking to my friend's dad that I run with the other day and I was like, you know, it really does suck if I'm like never going to get to go to prom. Like prom was never like my ride or die life's goal, you know, but it's like, you know, that's the thing in all the American high school movies that it's like, oh my God, prom. And to never have experienced that would definitely be something that I feel like I missed out on. But uh, he made a really good point to me. And it was just the fact that like, that was never going to be the peak of your life. That was never going to be the most important thing to you, to anyone in your high school, like you are not going to peak in high school. You weren't going to peak in high school. You're going to peak much later in life where you're successful and prom is not going to be the most important thing in your life. And it shouldn't be as it shouldn't be. And I don't know. I think that that's a really good way to look at it. Like I, I think that I wish, like, obviously I wish that I could go to prom, but and graduation and have like homecoming again but it's not something that I need it's not something that I can't live without and it's not something that would like define who I am so I don't know I think I think that I've come to terms with it it's okay I think it's all right it sounds like part of how you're coming to terms with it is by looking forward that now is not always, and these things that aren't happening now are disappointing, but they don't have to be the most important milestones. Those can still be up ahead. And you mentioned that you're looking for scholarships and that you're applying for colleges. Um, Can you tell us about looking ahead towards college and if you have an idea about where you might be going? Yeah, um, I think that this year college is probably definitely really different. Um, they, the college boards are all saying they've received like thousands, twenties of thousands more applications than they've ever received before. And I think part of it might be because almost every, or every single school I think is test scores, um, optional so so many kids all these schools that were out of reach because you had to have a 1590 on your SAT out of 1600 are like hey I don't have to submit this and I don't think that test score defines me so I'm gonna apply to these schools and so yeah so for me that was really exciting because I'm not a great test taker but I'm I'm a smart person (laughs) I'd like this I'd like to think that I'm a smart person And it was really exciting for me to feel like those doors were a little bit more open than they would have been. And yeah, like I recently just heard back from Northeastern 
and I got accepted there, which was really exciting for me because, I mean, that's a pretty competitive school, and I don't know if I would have gotten in if I had to submit my SAT score, but it's just nice to know that colleges are looking beyond just like a number to define kids. They're looking at what we do for our community, who we are as people, our essays and all that, and just kind of forgetting about like what some singular standardized test score can say about us. But yeah, I also, um, I, I haven't heard back from like 13 colleges yet because we hear back from those in March and I just applied to a couple early action and which is like when you hear back you apply in the fall and you hear back by January, the latest end of January. And then the other ones you apply in January and hear back in March. But so I also got into um, a couple others, but the other one I'm pretty excited about is Santa Clara. Um, and cause I think that water polo might be an option there, which is D one, which would be really exciting. Something to look forward to for sure. After not playing for a year (laughs) but yeah like for me college is definitely what I've been looking at to help me just sort of like stay sane like this is coming college is going to be great like that's yeah I'm excited for college. (laughs) Do you imagine in the fall that you'll go to college meaning you'll go to the campus or you'll at least live near the campus if the campus isn't fully open, that you're ready to go? Or are you imagining that fall will need to be remote? Um, I am hoping that it's in person. If it's, if it's half and half, like some of it's in person and some of it's remote, then I think I would still go and go there and learn about it and that type of thing um, and just meet new people and move away from home. But if it's remote, uh, I think I'd probably just end up staying at home, save some money, probably something like that. I'm, or if we know that it's going to be remote early enough, I might defer and take a gap year and go, you know, do something cool and get a job, make money and then try again (laughs) next fall. So So it sounds like you've got different options that you're willing to consider as long as they preserve eventually going to college face-to-face within a year or two. Right. Yeah, I would say that's true. Is there a particular field of study that you're most interested in pursuing? Are you are you when you're when you're applying to the it sounds like about 14 different schools, are you applying because the schools themselves are interesting. Or are you targeting schools with a strength in a specific area? Um, I would say that it's a little bit of both. I think that first I looked at the schools and figured out what I liked about them. And then after that, I look at their list of majors. And if they don't have the major that I'm interested in pursuing, which is... Um, neuroscience, behavioral neuroscience, um, evolutionary neuroscience, that type of thing, learning about like behaviors of the brain, why it works, the science of it. Um, then it's definitely, uh, gonna have to, it's a lot harder for me to get excited about applying if they don't really have what the major I'm looking for. But 
I did apply to a couple schools where I applied as like a biology major or even like an anthropology or history major because I'm also really interested in both of those. (laughs) But I think that overall, my end goal has always been to go to medical school, which I mean, hopefully that's still the goal. But um, yeah, and I've been talking to some doctors like back when I could job shadow, um, which I would do a bunch of. Um, I, all the doctors would tell me the physicians, they'd say, um, it doesn't really matter what you major in. Like one of the doctors of our like local community was telling me that his best friend in med school was actually a music major. And so I, I don't really think that the major I choose will really, um, matter too much as long as I get the prereqs in for med school. So that's why I think that anthropology and history and all that type of thing and neuroscience, like those are just things that I'm interested in and I want to learn more about. And they're, I'd say they're like not necessarily 100% correlated with what I want my career to be. It sounds like what they have in common though, is they're all fields that help you better understand why people do what they do. Yeah. I haven't actually really connected them like that. That's a really good point. <laughs> uh, that is something that I really am passionate and curious. I guess that's where my strongest like curiosities lie is in why, yeah, like why people, <laughs> why do people do what they do? <laughs> it seems like a strength to have as a future doctor to understand the patterns of your patients and understand what they might need to change or support to be healthy. Yeah, that is definitely, I feel like, an important skill to have as a doctor. I feel like a lot of people sometimes get caught up in all of the, you know, the the brainy side of it. And it's like, oh, like, you have to be this super smart and you have to totally, like, go to all these things like doctors are just like the smartest people and sometimes the smartest people don't necessarily know how to speak to people like I've had doctors who clearly know exactly what they're doing and know what they're talking about I've shadowed doctors who know what they're doing know what they're talking about but they don't know how to talk to me they don't know how to explain it to their patients very well and you can sometimes just see the confusion and I don't I don't want to be that kind of doctor. I want to be the best doctor that I can be. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, like making sure that they understand what I'm trying to say to them is a huge, that's 50% of fixing them. Like you can fix them and send them on their way, but if they don't know what's wrong, they don't understand it fully, then how are they supposed to keep themselves safe? You know? Yeah. Can we circle back for a minute when you were talking about choosing the different schools? How many of them were you able to actually go see? Because I'm thinking when the pandemic hit and all that iffy information was coming out, you know, in December, we were getting some hints. And then in January, we were getting some information and disinformation. That's kind of a time period when when you're getting uh, information packets, when you're figuring out other schools you need to visit, how did that affect your ability to feel like you really knew enough about the schools you were going to apply to? 
Um, yeah, I did not get to visit any colleges. Um, I had planned with my mom to go meet coaches for water polo and visit school spring break last year, that like third week of March. And then the pandemic hit about two weeks before we were planning to leave. And so I did not get to see any of the colleges that I ended up applying to, except for the one that my brother goes to, UCSD, because I <laughs> helped him move in, walked around the campus. So um, I did get to see that one. But yeah, no, I haven't seen any of the schools I've applied to. And I think what I, I ended up going to a lot of information sessions where they would do tours of the campus virtually and stuff like that, which helped me get a better understanding and a grasp of what my life would be like if I applied there. And also, I think that my mom and I kind of came up with a plan about once I hear back from all my colleges and I know the ones that are options for me, um, we might just take a little road trip and hopefully the once vaccines are getting a little bit more widely distributed, take a little road trip just to the colleges that I'm really excited about and check them out because I, yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest, most confusing parts right now is how do I know if I'm going to like it if I've literally never even been there? Every campus has its own culture. In addition to the professors and the offerings and the departments and the specialties, and the geographical location, it also has this sort of intangible thing called the college culture. It strikes me that it's virtually impossible to get a sense of what that is, given the way the world is right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I think that the most, um, like the only way that you really can is just by talking to people that do go there. And so I think that the information sessions, um, sometimes they'll leave names of people you can call or meet with or their emails. And so I've spent a lot of time also contacting, calling, meeting, face, like virtually face-to-face, like FaceTiming anything, um, calling my friends who go there, all that type of thing to just try to have someone on the inside explain it to me versus then someone who's trying to get you to like go to their school and like apply, like apply here. It's super great. You'll love it. You know? (laughs) So are you building some flexibility into the, the plan that you may start at one college and as the world opens back up and you really truly experience how it is that you may want to transfer to another school? Are you sort of wedded to the idea that which one, Whichever one you choose, that's where you land and you're going to do the four years. I think that I'm probably um, on the second half of that spectrum a little bit more. um, I'm going to pick one and I'm going to go and I'm going to make it work. Um, I'd say that's a little bit even more of my personality type. I'm I'm not really a leave halfway if I don't like it, even though. I am starting to understand now because of this pandemic that that's not always the best thing to do for yourself and for others. Um, And it's important to like listen to what your 
your body or your mind are telling you it's important to put your health first or your safety or what you want, you know, (laughs) just put you first. And so I think that, I think that I like to say that I'm going to go for all four years and just do it. But I think that if I don't end up doing well there or liking it, or it's just not the right fit for me, I think that I, I should be open to trying somewhere else. What's one of the biggest challenges you faced this year? Um, academically or personally? Your call. <laughs> Whichever one you want to share. <laughs> um, I'd say hmm, I'd say academically it's probably um a little bit closer to um things like it's hard. It's hard for me to, I'm not a visual learner anyways. And so this was kind of like, oh gosh, like my worst nightmare, like learning everything from a video has already been hard for me and to do it for all, all of my um, classes that I'm taking that are definitely hard. It's pretty, pretty frustrating, but um, I think that it's made me like, you know, I can't always have a great teacher, you know, I'm not going to have great teachers my whole life who are willing to sit down and like write it out for me and let me like do all this stuff and use my hands and like play with Play-Doh if I need to, to, you know, get it in my head. I'm going to have to watch videos at some point. I'm going to have to learn visually and in college, like it's going to be a lecture, you know, I need to adapt and that's okay. And so I think that my biggest challenge was um, moving away from a little, I, I don't I don't even, a little more coddled, I like to say, form of education where I could have, there were so many resources available to me that so many people were willing to sit down with me, take the time with me, help me into more of a school environment where it's a little bit more self-driven. It's a little bit more Olivia, like, what can you do to um, make sure that you know this? And so that was probably my biggest academic challenge, I'd say. Were you able to substitute those pieces in for yourself? Were you able to say, all right, here's some manipulables I can use so I can diagram this out and do something tactile so that it, it works with my learning style? There's someone I can actually use as a sounding board and talk this through at were you able to put those pieces in place for yourself or did you just have to really sweat through doing this other type of learning completely? Um, I did find a little um, solace. I could say I went to Walgreens one day and I bought these like six different colored pens and um, I take all my notes with them now. And so when I'm sitting and watching these videos, um, I have a different, color for each like piece of information like dark blue is just the common notes red is for a new term that needs to be defined stuff like that um green for a question pink for a heading stuff like that which to me really helped me um like put the information together in my head like oh this color um means this and I can like pick it up and I'm physically like it's like when I pick up my red pen it's like I'm physically touching that new word and that really helps me and then when I'm writing it out it's 
I can speak it out loud. I can reread it out loud. Sometimes I just, before I test, I'll like reread my notebook of all the notes I've taken. And like, I can visualize in my head each color as I'm saying it, which really helps me. Um, And one of my friends who's also in the bubble, she is, could probably be a certified genius. She's so smart. And she helps me with a lot of my math homework and she's allowed, um, because obviously we're not seeing anyone. So every once in a while, if I need real, like need help with math, like calculus, um, because she's taken it, she's allowed to come inside and we, um, she can help me work through it. And obviously she's the most patient, sweet friend ever. And she's like, yeah, Olivia, like this is how you do it. And she's a really great teacher. So that's sort of how I have substituted, I'd say. So you've been pulling in resources to support yourself. Yeah, definitely. And you're expecting to take that skill with you to college now. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, it's safe to say that all of my multicolored pens will be coming with me. (laughs) And you'll be creating a new bubble and hopefully you'll have professors who do have office hours who will sit down with you. Right, exactly. What do you wish people knew about what it's really like to be a student right now? Oh, um, I guess I just, uh, as a high school student, I guess I just wish that people would um, understand that, like, this is hard. This is really hard. Like, um, I, my, my grades aren't necessarily slipping or anything. Like, I managed to keep a four point and everything, but this is the heart, like, this is so hard for me to learn. This is like a giant mountain. And I feel like all my friends and I like are just doing anything we can to like, just stay on that mountain, not be blown off, not be pushed down, like jump out of the way of avalanches. Like, it's, it's kind of stopped becoming get to the top of the mountain and more just like stay on, like stay on track, like go to school every day, focus, focus. Like I know like all of our screen times has probably gone up to like eight to 10 hours a day, even though school's only four hours because all of our learning is on our computers, on our phones, on our iPads. And so it's like, it's, it's just, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, your school's only four hours. Like, you should have time to do all this stuff. Like, what are you doing all day? And it's just like, I'm I'm, I'm going to school probably longer than I would have been in person. Like, this is hard for me. I'm struggling. And I feel like it's hard for other people, too, to, like, recognize that. That, yeah, we're sitting through 45-minute classes, but it's, it's different. It's hard. It's hard to just open our computers, you know? And I think that a lot of people are facing that. Like I know my parents, when they go to work, I mean, it can't be easy. It can't be much easier than what I'm doing. And I'm sure it probably isn't, but I think that this year is just the year that everyone needs to understand that everyone else is just going through something hard, something personal. And it's not as like, life isn't just easy anymore Uh, not that life was easy but it's definitely just everyone needs to be met with a little bit more patience and kindness than I think we used to and how do people how do you uh support your mental well-being during this 
Um, I definitely would attribute my mental healthness to running, like not having an outlet for exercise when the pools shut down was a big mental stress for me because like that's what my life had revolved around was exercise and being healthy and you know I that was who I was I was always in the pool swimming working out at the gym now the gym's closed the pool's closed there's no swim team there's no water polo and so the only thing and like my mental health was it was scary I I didn't know what to do with myself I started feeling a little bit bad about myself like oh, I'm just sitting here all day. And so I think that running has given me a way to kind of turn that around and be like, you know what, like, I'm not I wasn't going to be able to play water polo my whole life anyway. Like, I mean, I I can always run, I can run anywhere, I can do it anytime. And so it's I think it's good to develop that skill that I know that I can carry with me for my whole life. Like, I can always be a runner. I don't need a pool. I don't need anything except for like a nice pair of shoes and so yeah that's definitely helped my mind my mental health (laughs) you mentioned the um older gentleman who gave you the wisdom about you know high school wasn't going to be where you peaked these these weren't going to be the super best memories of your whole life that there's so much life ahead of you that will have more good opportunities, more experiences. But it strikes me that you may look back on this as the biggest challenge that you faced. Yeah, I think that in many ways, this is definitely going to be the year that I've grown up the most. Um, Looking back at who I was a year ago and looking at who I am now, I think that it it has been hard. It's been hard not being able to hug my friends, which I'm not a huggy person in general. Um, They're not my favorite, but I, it's something that I never thought I would really, really miss. And now it's like almost like touch starved. Like I think we're all sort of missing um, just being around people and humans are meant to be social. And I think that like it's been a challenge in so many different ways that I think that yeah I will look back at this and and realize that this this was one of the more challenging years of my life it's difficult to say exactly how your uh, career path will go life has lots of twists and turns so whether you become a doctor or you go into a, a different field that you're equally excited about after you studied so many different things in college, what what wisdom do you think about how to deal with people and how to deal with yourself that you'll take forward that maybe will make you better at whatever profession it is that you do? Um, I think it's kindness. I think that what I've said to myself over and over this year, what my New Year's resolution was, what my New Year's resolution was, last year um just to be less judgmental to meet people with kindness forgiveness everyone is going through some battle that you don't necessarily see on the outside that they don't let you see and I think that to 
just be accepting of people for how they feel like they need to act, how they, what they need to do just to be okay. I feel like we get so caught up in, oh my God, like, I can't believe she's did that, wearing that, saying that. It's like, everyone's, everyone's just trying to get by right now. I don't think that you could really say too many people are living their best life and thriving. So I I think that this, what I want to carry with me is this new urge I feel to be kind just to everyone, just to be the nice, the nicest person that I would like to like that I can be to be accepting and forgiving of those around me when they do things that (laughs) maybe aren't my favorite just to be like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like I'm okay. And they're okay. And it's okay. You know, we can just move on and be happy. We don't need to put other people down or judge other people. And does that apply to your relationship with yourself? I think it does. I think that, um, I think that, when I wasn't swimming for a while and before I found running, I was a little frustrated with myself, just um, sort of having, not having an outlet the way I was used to was different and weird. Um, And, but now I think that I'm sort of trying to be a little bit nicer to myself. You know, if I'm, I don't need to run every single day. You know, it's okay to sit down. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a deep breath. And I don't need to do school for 11 hours every day. It's okay if I want to just sit down with my mom or read a book or, I mean, it's okay. I need, I think I just need to, like, I have learned a little bit more, not that it's perfect by any means, but I have learned a little bit more about just being nicer to who I am and accepting myself and being okay with it. What still worries you? Um, I guess what worries me the most is just the fact that um, my friends and my family that this is probably the last year that I'm never going to be living in this town the same way I do now. Like, um, I don't plan, not that something couldn't change, but I don't really plan on living at home for extended periods of time once I'm in college. Um, and so I think that this year was honestly sort of a blessing in that way that I got to spend so much time with my family when I'm normally running around and never home and always busy, like, I just get to see my family all the time, which is super nice. And I'm a little worried that I'm not going to get to spend that same amount of time with my friends that I've grown up with since I was like six. (laughs) Like all my really great friends that I've known forever. This was sort of my last year to be super close with them. And I'm a little worried that, um, that, I won't get to really um, see these people in the, in the same way that I used to before we leave and all make new friends and have great lives. It's just sort of weird to end this without really getting closure on all of our friendships, I think. What gives you hope? 
Um, I think what gives me the most hope is, um, honestly, this probably sounds a little cheesy, but uh, I, I think about being a doctor a lot. That gives me a lot of hope when I'm frustrated with school or sad. I just think like, or I feel like, oh my God, I'm doing the same thing every day. Like, what's my purpose in life? It's just sort of like, I look at my goals and I look at who I want to become. And I'm thinking about when I'm a doctor that every day will be filled with purpose. Every day I will be doing the best good that I can be doing, the best person that I can be. Everything I've worked for will be leading up to that, to, to helping others, to understanding others, to understanding myself. And so it sort of gives me hope that what I'm doing right now will end up benefiting someone else down the line. What do you hope listeners will take away? I hope that, um, honestly, I hope that people just take away that everyone really is fighting their own battles that not everyone knows about. Like I'm sure my brother and Bonnet, um, as listeners will have heard earlier, are also having their own struggles that maybe I don't even know about. But I think that it's really important that everyone understands that we just need to be kind to each other and accepting and loving and (laughs) nice in any way possible especially like it could just be like telling someone what they mean to you it could be sending a card in the mail that you don't normally send anything just being nice to people I think is what's gonna make or break you know our country after this and each other and our friendships and how we treat each other is really I think what's going to bring our country together after this. Thank you for being here today, Olivia. I really appreciate you being on the show and telling us your pandemic perspective. I'm Dr. Christina Gessler, and you've been listening to The Academic Life on New Books Network. Please join us again.